Alright. Fuck it. You know what? I've got nothing organized today. So I'm just going to go for it. You know, there's other episodes where we do talk about, you know, certain topics which may affect your life, may not affect your life. Some of it's policy-based. Some of it's culture war horseshit. You know, the, the real juicy drama that everyone, you know, emotionally identifies with. You know, that, you know, identity politics, culture war stuff that everyone just gravitates towards and just be like, this is about me because I'm, you know, gay or I'm straight and I fucking hate women or, you know, or like, I'm Latino and I don't understand. I'm probably being a fucking racist moron. But you know what? You know what? Today we're just going to go with the flow. I have nothing organized. I've never done this before. Usually... I have topics and I do research and I look into it and then I just talk shit and just go with the fucking flow. Do you know what I'm saying to you, ladies and gentlemen? You know what? I didn't even say hello to you. How rude of me. Where are my manners? Jesus Christ. I mean, you know, I, I don't even kiss my mother with this mouth. You know, I'm so goddamn impolite. Anyway, how are you? How are you doing? Are you well? Is everything all right? Are you, are you putting a smile on that face? Are you, you know, is there a pep in your step? You know, what's what, what's going on out there? What's happening out in the world? Jesus, you know, it's um, it's always a lot of fun talking about, you know, crazy uh, shit in politics, policies that affect your life, you know, your, your, your wage increases, you know, is your workplace forming a union? And if so, is it, you know, gonna uh, turn into some union busting because your boss is a fucking cut? Anyway, I need to get this fan over here. You know what? If you can hear the fan while you're listening to this podcast, I, I just, I don't give a shit. It is so fucking hot at the moment. It's humid, it's muggy, and I'm just sweating, and my pores, oh, Jesus, I'm really going to need to do a facial after this one. Um, anyway, how have you been? What's been crackalacking? You know, this is fun. I love coming into this podcast with nothing organized, you know? It's always great just having to, you know, come up with shit on the spot, which is what I do half the time anyway. But this time, I, I really am not organized. I mean, I just, you know, I had to get this done and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to shoot for it. I'm going to shoot for it. I'm just going to shoot for the stars and I'm going to aim high and I'm just going to believe in myself and back myself. You know, whatever those, you know, fucking white bitches from the eastern suburbs say. Oh, jeez. Here we go, all the comments being like, Excuse me, I'm one of those women who lives in the East suburbs, and it's really nice because I can get in a side bowl and get my latte and walk my French bulldog wherever I want. All right? I don't know what shithole you live in, but you don't live in Bondi. I'm sure all you ladies aren't like that. You know, I'm, here I am being a fucking sexist prick, but hey, you know, everyone generalizes. You know, I was in Cronulla the other day for the um for Australia Day, of all fucking places, you know. I'm there, I'm chilling out, um, and, uh, you know, fucking everyone's having a barbecue, everyone's got Australian flags up, everyone's got, like, tinnies just going, yeah, fucking Australia, you know, all you needed was some footy, but my only thought was, the only thing that was going through, you know, that thick skull of mine, was, where the fuck are the riots, where's the looting, where are all the white people, you know, storming all the kebab stores? You know, where, like, when's the fun gonna pop off? When are the race riots gonna start? God damn it, I tell you. I tell you that ever since Alan Jones got off 2GB, this country has gone to shit. I'm kidding, of course, but now it's Ben Fordham. You know, he, he couldn't get, you know, he couldn't motivate a fucking plank of wood. You know, he has the charisma of a fucking panda. He's boring as fucking anything. He's, his banter is as dry as dog shit. And, you know, it's like, buddy, it's Australia Day, you know? You, 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 know, you love Murdoch. You, you, you love the coalition. You know, you love identity politics. Why don't you just get some race riots going, you know? Have some balls. There's probably some bogan out in, like, I don't know. Uh, fucking Naura or some or you know some you know Burke. There's probably some there's probably some bogan name uh, Paul out in Burke listening to this being like yeah mate I do agree with you ever since you know those Cronulla riots stopped and we stopped beating up them fucking libos this country's gone to shit mate we ain't got no fucking balls no more where's the Australian spirit it's just like Paul listen 
If you're listening to this, or if anyone's getting motivated by what I'm saying, I'm talking shit. I'm kidding. I'm not being serious. You know, if you're feeling violent, if you're not, if you're feeling frustrated with society, go home. You know, go. You know, rub a few out. You know, to whatever it is your fetishes are, you, you sick fuck. But you know, just take a chill pill, smoke a doobie, have a nice sandwich, maybe have some sex with your wife. You know, you probably haven't fucked her passionately for probably the past ten years. Do you know what I mean, bruv? Like, just chill out. Everyone just, you know, stop using your identities as, like, you know, something where it's like, this is me because, you know, I'm white or I'm fucking whatever. Like, it's like, it's all about character at the end of the day. You know? I know that, like, the the American, you know, political uh, sphere or hemisphere, whatever the... the, the, The American political commentary landscape is very focused on the culture war, because that's what politics has become. It has become a culture war, and the culture war is absolute horseshit. It is a distraction. It is uh, to get you not focusing on policy, you know, policies that really affect your life. People use all these buzzwords because people don't actually have brains. They don't know how to read a dictionary and actually come up with their own vocabulary. So what they do is is that they go onto Twitter. They see a bunch of buzzwords on Instagram and Twitter. And, you know, they put that into their brain like, Well, I don't know what that means, but I'll just start using it. So, you know, I, I get the, you know, occasional DM of people being like, You are a lefty socialist commie. Or I get the other one being like, You're... A right-winger Australian Paul Joseph Watson. It's like, you know, like, you people can't actually delve into the detail of what I'm saying or what anyone else is saying. And I see all the time on other political commentators in Australia, people use all these fucking buzzwords from, you know, shit they've seen from, like, American political commentators. And it's like, listen, we're in a completely different country. Our culture is very different. You know, our politics and even our, the way our fucking elections and voting system works, it, it's complete, it is worlds apart. Worlds apart from the US, alright? So when you see all these, like, absolute fucking dead shits who write all these comments because they've watched, you know, I don't know, Stephen Crowder or Ben Shapiro or, I don't know, Vorshaw Hassan, you know, and all due respect to these guys, you know, I don't agree with all of them. I like some of the things that they say. Okay, I'm just going to cut in real quick here because I was listening back to the podcast. Uh, there's not a fucking thing that Stephen Crowder says that I agree with. He's a coke brother-funded puppet. I don't know why I brought him up as an example, but you get my point. People watch him, they use the same buzzwords, you know, and they try to inflict it within the Australian political commentary landscape. I don't like Stephen Crowder. I don't agree with the fucking thing he says. I don't know why I mentioned him. Just thought I'd mention that. Thought I'd cut him real quick. Yeah, all right. Keep enjoying the podcast. Thanks. But this is the thing. Had I said any of this shit in the, like, the American political culture landscape, I would have been, like, everyone would have been like, you are a fascist or, you know, you're a communist or you're a, you know, lefty, trans-loving dickhead or whatever the fuck, you know, it's... It's all these, like, stupid labels that have no nuance, no balance, no detail, no depth, nothing to it. It's so cheap, and it's so lazy, and it's actually the most frustrating shit, because I, as someone who talks about politics, I look at that shit, and immediately I just go, like, you just, but you're just so fucking stupid. Like, how do you, like, how do you take away from what I'm saying, not actually listen to it, not look at the facts that back it up, and the evidence, and, you know, the policies that come to be and me discussing it and, you know, picking it apart. And your fucking response is a buzzword that you learnt off, you know, I like Vagina69 on fucking Twitter. Do you know what I mean? It's the dumbest shit. It's so... It's it's just like... I look at this shit and I go, you know what, just... Let's just have Xi Jinping kick down the door, come into Australia and just take over. Let him ban TikTok social media, Instagram, Twitter, all these absolute horseshit apps. Look, they're not horseshit. I mean, you know, social media is just, you know, horseshit covered in makeup. That's the way I've always described it. But, like, you just look at our culture and you're just like, you know, sometimes you just go, fuck it, just let Xi Jinping come in, stick a, you know, a tracking microchip up our asses and, you know, let him ban TikTok, you know, and just fucking enough with this self-obsessed identity politics horseshit that just constantly consumes the media and social media and doesn't get actually to, you know, people to focus on shit that really affects their fucking lives. God, I just, oh, 
need a fucking tampon here or something. Ugh. Anyway. Anyway. Um, God. Dude, I have to say something that, like, I don't... Because, okay, I try to placate my content towards my audience, right? From what I've seen so far, not many of you really like MMA or boxing. You don't really... You don't gravitate towards it. You don't see the fun of it. And then, look, I'm not saying this is my audience, but then you see, you know, all these, like, boomers on Facebook who comment on, you know, like, the Daily Mail posts and shit whenever the Daily Mail talks about combat sports. And you just hear... You see the same shit being like... This is brutal. This should be illegal. Like, oh, fuck. I've really got to pull this up, actually. Where is it? Hang on. Give me two seconds. I've got to read some of these fucking comments out. They were the most ignorant, dumbest, like, I don't want to say this, but, like, almost offensive shit. It was, like, the comments were just so, like, it was just a bunch of boomers who probably live in, like, Karenbar or Sylvania waters being like, it's just violent, you know, people punching each other in their head, it should be, you know, illegal, and it shouldn't be happening, and I look at it, and I'm like, well, what's your alternative, and everyone's like, yeah, footy, yeah, NRL, up the fucking sharkies, and it's like, cool, let's watch a bunch of fucking meatheads just, you know, give each other CTE by, like, you know, tackling each other, lifting each other up, and just slamming them on the fucking ground with their heads going flat into the fucking grass. Alright, it's just like, yeah, that's a better alternative. It's, But at the end of the day, people are into that shit, and that's fine. I don't care. Like, you know, it's a part of our culture, I guess. You know what's really annoying about having, like, two desktops? Because I got a monitor and I got my laptop. The fucking mouse just... It's hard to get it on both, like, you know, just one screen. I just want to go on to fucking Facebook. Jesus Christ, throw me a bone here. Oh, technology, I fucking tell you. Oh, God, I'm, I'm, in, a, I'm in a real mood today. You know, I'm in a real... Real mood. I'm not happy. I don't know why. I should be, but I'm not. I'm fucking pissed off. I don't, I'm, you know, I'm probably being a you know whiny little bitch, but oh, just oh, it's just too much, guys. Um, Chris Mintz, who's the New South Wales Labor leader and member for Cogra, it legend Cogra, good area. They do some fucking good Asian food down there. And I tell you, you know, if if you got a, if you know what, if you're in Cronulla. And you're pissed off that Alan Jones wasn't there the other day to start another race, right? And you're just angry and you're frustrated and you're just like, Ugh! get your ass over to Cogra. They got some really good Asian cuisine, you know, some nice sweet and sour pork, some, you know, prawn fried rice. I bet you'd like that. You know, I, I know Bogans love Asian food and MSG. Get yourself down there. All right. Chris Mins, good dude. I like him. He came out the other day because Alexander Volkanovsky will be fighting Islam Makachev in Perth at UFC 284 for the lightweight championship. I cannot fucking wait. Not only are they fighting, not only is Volkanovsky potentially going to become the double champ, but him and Islam are fighting for the number one pound for pound spot in MMA. So who is the best in the world? We're going to find out on February 12th. That's it. Sunday. Ooh. Ooh. Can't wait, baby. Um. All right. Chris Mins posted a photo with Alexander Volkanovsky holding the belt. And uh, Chris Mins writes, UFC champion Alexander Volkanovsky and myself have teamed up, not to fight, to bring UFC matches to Sydney under a Labour government. Um, and Chris Mins writes, beneath, there's no reason Perth and Melbourne should be making hundreds of millions of, of attracting events like this where we can host them in our own backyard where world champs live. I want to see Illawarra local... Alexander the Great Volkanovsky defend his world title on his home turf in Sydney. If Labor gets elected, he'll have that chance. I mean, do you need any more reasons to, like, vote for Labor? This is fucking perfect. Um, we all know how passionate New South Wales is about sport, and I want to make sure we attract more major events right here in New South Wales. It brings entertainment, jobs, tourism dollars, enhances Sydney's sporting reputation, and showcases our state to the world. Okay, everything he's saying is spot on. This is going to help the economy. It's going to help tourism, even though tourism in Australia is a fucking scam. Because if you want to go up to Burley Heads or Byron Bay for like, you know, I don't know, four days, you try to book an Airbnb, what do you think? Oh, thank you. You want to stay here for three nights? Maybe four? Great. That's $10,000. Like, you're telling me these people needed a fucking bailout? I mean, they probably did, to be honest. But it's just like, the fuck are you charging that much for? You don't understand, man. It's Byron Bay. It's where, you know, it's a happening spot. 
It's where all the anti-vaxxers are. It's where all the heroin addicts are lying in a gutter nearly dying. But you know what you can do? You can look up to the hills and, oh my God, is that Chris Hemsworth on his balcony? You don't get that in Sydney, do you? And, oh my God, you too can buy yourself a fucking oat, a side bowl or whatever you, you know, whatever you fucking white kids, you know, like putting on TikTok, you know. You know, he's going to TikTok and all these people are like, oh my god, I found this really underrated uh, cafe. They, you know, it's, and they, you know, all these cafes try to like, you know, bring the, the spice and the, you know, they want to, they want to bring a little oomph to the, to the cuisine, to their breakfast, you know, to their, uh, to their granolas or their fucking acai bowls. And you see all these TikTokers going around like, this cafe puts uh, uh, kiwi fruit, fruit on top of your acai bowl. That's pretty cool. Okay, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Oh Jesus. Um, what was I? Saying? I was. I had to check the. I was worried about the sound. How the audio was going to be a bit fucked because the volume on the microphone was a bit too high. I thought it was going to be a bit too loud, so I got fucking worried. But all good, baby. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah. Oh yes. Um, you know. So you get all these TikTokers. TikTokers, I should say. You know. Um, going down to uh, all these boutique. Little cafes that are hidden. And, you know, all these Instagram influencers get their phones out. And they're like, oh my god. They make your acai bowls with uh, kiwi fruit and, and strawberries. And then, you know, these fucking cafes try to up the ante. You know, bring a bit of magic. And do something different with their granola bowls and their acai bowls. And, you know, I'm just waiting for the day where some TikToker just, you know, goes into some unknown boutique cafe. And they're like, I found this beautiful cafe. And... You know, it's unknown, and look what they did to my acai bowl, and you just see the fucking chef just taking a shit on the acai bowl. That would be hilarious. I would love that. Defecate on some influencer's acai bowl. I am waiting for the day that that happens. But, you know, people who are so fucking stupid, they'll probably be like, I'd love to eat shit with my acai bowl. I like to eat feces. You know? Oh, anyway, let's go to these comments, because they're so stupid. Anyway, um... Oh my god, I just, I'm just gonna prepare you for some of these comments, like, and I'm gonna prepare you, because I'm gonna get infuriated, listening, just reading this shit, because they're so uninformed, so, like, uneducated, and just, it, they're so ignorant and naive, and it's just like, have you ever watched a fucking fight in your life? Like, ever. Ever. It's, oh god, anyway, here we go. Um, okay. These, this is just from the general public, alright? Wrong move. Men and women physically battering each other into submission as an entertainment should not be encouraged by governments who seek to combat DV. I'm thinking that's domestic violence. Terrible announcement, Chris Minns. This so-called sport is extremely violent as, and is a further excuse for gambling and money laundering. Oh, what's my fucking alarm doing? Hang on, hang on. Give me a sec, give me a sec, give me a sec. I'm sorry. Uh, give me an hour. Yeah, an hour's good. There we go. Alright. An hour's good because it reminds me to, you know, wrap this up. Um, here's another one. Don't want to see it in our state. It's brutal, pointless, violent activity that can hardly be considered a sport. Fix the real problems in the state before this garbage. And oh my god, here, here's the greatest one. UFC is the end of civilization. Next minute, you'll be talking about domestic violence or street crime while encouraging this. Ban it happening, ban it on TV, and ban gambling on it. Okay, if you're one of these people who commented on this and I just read your comment out, you don't deserve a government. You don't deserve a right to vote. Um, you don't even deserve to participate in democracy. You deserve nothing. Because, and it actually scares the shit out of me knowing that you have a right to vote. I'm probably going a bit, you know, too far here. But how stupid, how ignorant do you have to be to think that the UFC is the end of civilization? Really? You think you know, the combat sports is the end of civilization? Not nuclear war, climate change, uh, gutting public services... Um, proxy wars that could lead to, um, you know, two major nuclear um, countries are uh, shooting nukes in the fucking air. Um, 
do you also not think an economic recession could be the end of civilization? Um, do you want me to keep going? Because if that's what you really think, then whatever you do, for God's sake, just don't vote the next election. In fact, I will pay your fine when you don't vote. That is how far I am willing to go. This is the dumbest shit I have ever seen. And it's all these boomers who just, you know, think like, yeah, people punching each other, that's reckless, and that's going to tear this country apart. But you know what's really good? Watching the NRL, watching a bunch of, you know, meatheads, you know, tackle each other and then get into punch-ons during the game and then get pissed as fuck afterwards. And then on Monday, the HR department's going to deal with some fucking booty player getting done for, you know, assault towards some fucking woman. I'm probably, I'm definitely generalizing here, but... Dude, it's so stupid. It's like you don't even understand what combat combat sports is about. MMA is all about technique. It's about um, you know fucking even like like I, I can't. I'm so lost for words of this because it's so stupid. But you know, I probably should slow down here because I'm losing my train of thought. And I'm on a bit of a roll and I'm getting so flustered by this dumb shit. But Okay, MMA, boxing, it's technical, right? You also have to be athletic. And you also, you know, when you watch your fight, remember when you hear the ref say, um, protect yourself at all times, you know, please fight clean and fair, um, and listen to my commands, right? So there's a referee there to make sure that you know, when the time, when, you know, someone's getting too fucked up, they can call it off, or when someone's fighting dirty, they can, you know, stop the fight, or whatever, or if someone's injured, like, you know, it's, it's, oh, God, oh, you know, it's really rare for me to, like, you know, be unable to rant, because I'm so flustered by the stupidity of all this, you know, I've just usually I can I can just go, but this is just mind-numbingly dumb. This is stupid. It is so dumb. All right, I don't watch the NRL. I'm not a fan, but I don't think it should be banned. I don't think it's the end of civilization. Okay, you like to watch some people, you know, kick the footy, mate. Yeah. Then all right, sick, dope, whatever the fuck you're into, good for you. You know, but the end of civilization, really. You don't think the Koch brothers might be responsible for the end of civilization, maybe in America? How they want to, you know, alter America's constitution to, you know, to Chile's, where Chile's is, like, Chile's constitution, right? Um, it is literally, because neoliberalism has just overtaken that economy, right? And their policies and their laws, right? Chile is in a position where it is, like, it's illegal, to progress the country forward. To progress the country forward. They're not allowed to do it. Thank you, Henry Kissinger, for, you know, overthrowing, uh, you know, a democratically elected government and installing a third world dictator back in the 70s. And then the Koch brothers look at that shit and they're like, well, let's do the same for America. Let's rape and pillage, um, you know, other countries' resources. We'll take all the profits of another country's resources and then back home, we'll cut all public services, but we'll keep cops and military. So, you know, if poor people want to start, you know, protesting or they're upset, then we can just fucking shoot them. All right? You don't think that might be the end of civilization? But, you know, the UFC, God forbid, you know, some people throwing a few fucking punches at each other, throwing a few calf kicks, you know, getting a few takedowns. That, that's the end of civilization. It's just, whatever. At the end of the day, look... It is a bunch of boomers on Facebook who I kind of look at and I'm like, look, these boomers, you know what's great about social media? You know what's awesome? Maybe it's not great, but I'm empathetic towards this, right? I think that at the end of the day, all these boomers never had a platform to release all their opinions of the world. You know, they've never, they've never, back in the day, 
all they had was that, you know, maybe at a Christmas dinner they could, you know, rant to their nephew about, you know, all these fucking blackies, mate, they're fucking roaming around the streets and, you know, they're fucking violent, you know, saying all this ludicrous horse shit, you know. But now they have a platform where they can go onto Facebook and they can talk about, you know, how fucking angry they are because they've been angry their whole lives. They're miserable and it's funny to watch. You know, I, you hear all these people complaining about being like, oh, my uncle has a Facebook account and he... Talks about politics and it's stupid and he's, you know, he loves Trump and he loves Scott Morrison. And it's like, good. Good. Let him have a platform. Let him rant. Would you rather him rant to you about all this horse shit? Do you want him talking to you about, you know, how much he likes Scott Morrison because Scott Morrison's a fucking sharky supporter? Is that what you want? Is that what you really want? You want to sit there at Christmas dinner trying to mind your own fucking business because you just had a bullshit conversation with your aunt and her sitting there being like, so have you found anyone yet? Have you found a girlfriend? Have you, you know, have you got a job? Are you at uni yet? Asking all these, you know, surface level, meaningless fucking questions and you know deep down your auntie doesn't really give a fuck about you or, you know, how your life's going. She's just trying to, you know, do fill up with, you know, fucking conversations. But, you know, do you really want to go from that to your uncle who's going to complain about how the, you know, Labor Party is pushing for t trans athletes to be the Prime Ministers of Australia? Like, do you want to sit there and listen to that? Or would you rather him just go onto Facebook and let it all out? And yeah, he can show your friends complain about it. But really, you should be happy because he's not fucking ranting to you. God. Ugh. Anyway, I need to get off Facebook. Ugh, it's just... It's all just... Ugh, whatever. Whatever. You know, I, I threw myself into the goddamn lion's den then. <sighs> I asked for it. I asked for it. You know. Speaking of UFC, man, what the fuck is this power slap shit? What is this power slap shit? Okay? You boomers who are on Facebook, bitching and complaining... About, you know, the UFC is violent. It's like, and it's, you know, it's brutal. And it's a bunch of people hitting each other. It's like, oh, 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 oh. You think that's bad. If you think that's, like, reckless and you hate that, go and watch Power Slap. Because someone, as someone who was just sitting here for 15 minutes defending combat sports, this is coming from someone who fucking hates Power Slap. I despise it. It is terrible. It's not a sport, okay? These people don't have to train. It's a bunch of fat nerds who probably sit in their mum's basement playing Dungeons and Dragons and, you know, fapping off to a Nutella donut, you know, sitting there and they're like, what's the best way to make money? Oh, yeah, I'll just get slapped in the face. And then you look at how much these people who are getting slapped in the face, look at how much they're earning. Do you know, let me tell you this, this is how fucked this, like, you know, so-called sport is, all right? These people who, who participate in Power Slap, right, who literally, this is what Power Slap is. They stand there, and they just, they, their arms are down, they can't defend themselves, you know, and the per other person has a, you know, is, you know, ready to slap them, and they just go, crack, just slap them, and they get knocked the fuck out, and all they earn, you want to know how much they earn from that? $2,000 to show up, and if their slap is good enough, they'll, extra, they'll earn an extra two grand. So, you're going to get two grand to get knocked out while you can't defend yourself. And then if you slap the other guy, you also get two grand for showing up. But if he slaps good enough and you really gave that enough, that guy, you know, good enough CTE, then you will get an extra two grand. So as a whole, you being a fat, neck-bearded cunt who fucking lives in his mum's basement, probably still on M MSN, talking to 16-year-olds because you're probably a fucking creep who I wouldn't trust around my kids. I don't have any kids, thank God, yet. I'm still 26 years old doing a podcast like a fucking idiot. But really, you know, because you decided that's the route you wanted to go with your life, to slap people or get slapped, guess what you earn from that? $4,000. You probably spend that on, you know, fucking OnlyFans or some shit. You know, I'm... It's just... It's not a sport and it's not... It's like they're charging people. Like, you know, they, they're like, we'll make a pay-per-view out of it. We'll make a championship bad out of it. It's like... There's no competition. There's zero competition at all. There's no competition behind any of these. These people can't... Like, the reason why... MMA and boxing is like the, the reason they're so exciting. The reason those fights are so 
you know, the reason they keep you on the edge of your toes, the reason people are so invested is because these people have different skill sets. They have a different mentality. They approach the fights differently. Okay, if, you know, the striking and the kickboxing isn't working, they'll move to wrestling. And if the wrestling isn't working, they'll go to the clinch. Or they, like, there's a variety of things they can do. And they'll defend themselves, they'll counter, they slip, and then they'll, you know, do a counter punch or they'll do a counter kick. It's exciting because these people can defend themselves and they've got, you know, different skill sets and the best fighters go up against the best. And, you know, we, we discover who the best is due to their skill set and even their mentality. It's fucking exciting. And also, the, you know, their athleticism comes into it. Their gas tank. Can they last for five rounds? Like, all that kind of stuff. They've got to train hard for it. They've got to get their cardio up. They've got to get their strength up through conditioning training. It's fucking exciting. But these fat nerds don't have to train at all. All they've got to do is just the dudes, you know, standing across the table, completely defenseless, and they just go, <clears throat> That's it. And they just get knocked out. And it's like, okay, like, cool. Blunt force trauma to the head. That's entertaining. Like, you know, I don't know all these booms on Facebook be like, well, what about all those knockouts of people, you know, who punch each other in the head and, you know, they get knocked out? What about that? Have you got any, you know, defense for that, mate? It's like, yeah, actually, I do. Um, the reason exciting, it's exciting when someone gets knocked out, it's because it comes out of nowhere, and the entire fight, the fighter was, you know, trying to avoid getting hit, and then they just, they get caught, or, you know, well, I'll give you a perfect example, right? I'm talking out, you know, I'm going on a fucking real rant here, and I'm probably not making a whole lot of sense, but, let me put it for you in this way, okay? I'll give you an example. <clears throat> Leon Edwards and Kamara Usman, their second fight, was that, that knockout. The reason that knockout is amazing is because for f five rounds, Kamara Usman was winning the entire time. You could give round one to Leon Edwards for his takedown on Usman. You know, no one, the, the first guy in you know, MMA to ever take down Usman, which is fucking insane. That's just credibility to you know Usman's wrestling. But really, after that first round, Leon was losing. He was losing. Usman had him up against the cage. You know, he was landing, you know, all his, you know, strikes on him. Um, I haven't watched the fight since it aired. Like, I'm going to need to go back and rewatch it. So, my memory is a bit fuzzy. Forgive me. But, um, the reason the fifth round, when Leon Edwards head kicked Kamara Usman and knocked him out, the reason it was so exciting was because Leon Edwards was losing that fight. He was losing... The fight, I'm getting so many messages right now, they're fucking popping off. Um, whatever, this this matters more, because you're my family and I love you so much. Um, but, anyway, <laughs> I just get so distracted, man. Oh my god. ADHD, it's a beautiful thing. Anyway, but the, you know, that whole, the entire fight, Leon Edwards is losing, and then, out of nowhere, Leon Edwards sets up this beautiful head kick, but he doesn't just go, oh, I'm just going to head kick him. He, this is what he does. Leon Edwards, right, he throws a jab feint, like he throws a jab, and Kamara Usman naturally, you know, tilts his head to, you know, uh, slip from the jab, but then Leon Edwards, you know, out, like just lifts his leg up and head kicks him, so, you know, he got Usman by throwing the jab feint, and Leon Edwards, not Leon, uh, Kamara Usman, you know, can't, like, you know, went to go slip, and then as Usman was slipping, Leon Edwards, you know, head kicked him. It was perfect. It was a perfect setup. I'll get this up. I gotta. I just. I don't know. I'm gonna put this as like a teaser on Instagram just to show people what I'm talking about. Where is it? Um. Uh, Leon Edwards. Come on, it's been two. So that's the takedown. Had him in a full mount. There you go. So, alright. See here. Alright, Leon. Like, jab, jab faint. Usman, like, tries to slip. And then as Usman's slipping... Edward just, you know, is able, like, he doesn't telegraph his kick. He just lifts his leg up and goes, whack! And it's perfect, because he set that up. 
That is so much more exciting than fucking power slap where a bunch of fat nerds just stand there to get knocked out. It's not exciting. There's no sport. There's no athletic. These people don't have to train. It's the dumbest shit ever. And like, I'm being a bit harsh here, but it just makes you wonder what happened in these people's lives for them to get to a point where they're like, What's the best way for me to earn an income? Oh yeah, I'll just join up to Dana White's power slap and get knocked out for four, maybe two grand, maybe four if I'm lucky. Two grand. Two grand! That is fucking offensive. That is bullshit. That is a joke. If you, if these people really want to go down that road, then at least, you know, compensate them well enough, you know, they'll probably blow it on, you know... Some OnlyFans subscription or some shit. Who knows? But it's just silly. It's silly. Um, it's not a sport. Please don't pay your money for this shit. I'm not telling... I hate it when people try to set up boycotts. But you do look at it and you're like... Look, I'm, I'm never going to start a boycott. But I, you look at this shit and you're just like... Dude, really? You're going to give your money to that shit? It's not, it's not even a thing of like, you know... Just stick it to them and... You know, just, uh, it's to stand up against the CEO and the boss and it's to really take down the company. I'm not coming at it from that angle. The angle that I'm coming at it from is like, come on, man, this is fucking pathetic. Do you really want to give your money to this shit? You know, and what's even more sad, and this breaks my fucking heart, but seeing all these UFC fighters who are clearly paid by Dana White to say, yo, this power slap stuff is fucking awesome. You know, I just saw someone get knocked the fuck out. It's so cool. And it's like, you don't really believe that, do you? You just got your paycheck and it was just, you know, you to say like, yep, yeah, all right, I like this. Okay, and the camera stopped rolling like, yeah, it's great. Camera stopped. Okay, we done? Great. And you just walk the fuck off. Hang on. I got to check something here. Anyway, um, all right. Let's take a chill pill for a second. Let's just mellow the fuck out here. I might move my laptop, kick my feet up on the desk. You know, I'm probably wasting airtime doing this shit, telling you this stuff, but you know what? It is what it is, man. Um, oh, sorry about the annoying mic noise here. There we go. Oh, fuck. Oh, feet up on a Sunday. All right, not giving a shit. This is the best way to live your life. You know, run a podcast, kick your feet up. Talk about what you love, politics. You know what? I'm going from the heart here. All right. Let's talk MMA, which I'm sure none of you give a fuck about. Um, all right. Dude, um, I haven't talked about this yet, but I really want to. We need to talk about Paddy Pimblett. Um, He sucks. Okay, that's a bit harsh. He doesn't suck. He's not like he could probably fuck me up, but, you know, it's just... After that fight with Jared Gordon, um, everything, every, not the fears, but the thoughts I had about him pretty much came true from the get-go. Like, I remember seeing his first fight. He did well. He nearly got knocked the fuck out. But he finished him. He got, who was his opponent again? I can't remember his opponents. You know what? You know what's funny about Paddy's opponents? Um, Paddy's opponents, all of them have been, actually, like, a lot of them, like, Pretty much, I think. How many? Hang on, I gotta look this up. Pa Wait, what the fuck happened? Why did my monitor go out? Oh, here we go. Patty Pimblet. Alright, here we go. Patty Pimblet. Let's go to his record. Okay. So. Patty Pimblet. Alright, Luigi Venderomani. He KO'd him. Uh, Luigi got cut. Um, Rodrigo Vargas, another one, cut. Jordan Leavitt, uh, I'm pretty sure he's still on the roster, but again, someone, someone is unranked. And then you go to Jared Gordon. Now, all these all these lightweights who he's been fighting, all these guys at um, 155, a lot of them have been cut from the roster, Right? And then when you go back and look at Paddy's uh, earlier days at Lynn, like Cage Warriors and shit, you do look at his, you know, fighting, you know, he, his fights and the way he, you know, carries himself. You do look at him and you're just like, oh, he's not bad, but I don't know how he's going to last in the UFC. Like, a, dude, could you imagine if they put Paddy against, a, like, a, someone who was ranked, even in the top 15, 
top 15. Could you imagine how Paddy's going to go? Let's look at the top 15 UFC lightweights. Uh, UFC uh, pound for pound. And then you look at his beef with Elia Taporia. And dude, Elia Taporia is a fucking animal. He is, he's, a, he's a featherweight. Um, but dude, Taporia would... like. Okay, all I'm going to say... Okay, I'm going to give you context here. I'm kind of going on a rant here. I'm going a bit off course here. But I'm going to get to the rankings. But Taporia is... Pretty sure he's number nine at the moment in the featherweight division. Um, and Taporia has been fucking people up. He has been smoking dudes. His boxing is clean as fuck. It remind his boxing and this this is how sharp he is and how precise he is and how he just slices through people like a fucking sword. He reminds me of like you can clearly tell that he's inspired by Canelo. Like, his, his boxing is so fucking clean. Like, it's so good. And then you look, look at his ground game, like, especially against someone like Bryce Mitchell, and you just, like, he submitted him with an arm triangle, and you're like, all right, not only did Taporia, like, absolutely piece him the fuck up with his boxing, but then Taporia goes ahead and submits him with an arm triangle. An arm bar? Is, no, it's an arm... <laughs> Jesus Christ, I fucked that up so bad. Here I am trying to act like, I live into MMA and I know everything, but I got the fucking terminology wrong. God. Arm triangle choke. Arm triangle. Yeah, hey, you know what? I kind of got it right. Fuck you. Um, so, yeah, but you look at Eli Taporia. His record, dude. KO punch, KO punch, KO punch, submission, arm triangle choke. So this dude could either knock you the fuck out or he can choke you out. Pretty dangerous featherweight. He's a fucking problem in that division, right? So, him, so Elias Taporia and Paddy Pimblett have beef, and it's really funny. Like, it's it's really funny beef, because, like, Paddy Pimblett just talks all this shit, but you just know, like, dude, if, if the UFC put Taporia in front of Paddy, Taporia would fuck him up. Taporia would fucking murder him. It's not even like a good fight where it's like, oh, who's going to win different styles? It's just, it's a fucking mismatch. It is just something that you look at and it's like, dude, if they put him in front of Paddy, I'm pretty sure Taporia might go to jail for murder after that fight. It's, it, it, to, it, you can even do a catchweight bout where you've got Taporia coming in as a featherweight and Paddy coming in as a lightweight and Taporia would still fuck him up. And Taporia can... He's made a lightweight debut. Oh, shit. Sorry, guys. Um, just pulling my feet down off the desk. Um, you know, Taporia could go up to lightweight or they could fight as a catchweight bout where Paddy's at lightweight and Taporia's at featherweight. And you just look at those two and it's like, but still, Taporia would fucking kill him. <laughs> he would murder him. God, it would be a mismatch. Anyway, let's look at the pound-for-pound pound rankings in regards to the lightweight division. Okay, so if you put Paddy in front of any of these top 15s, dude, it's going to be a fucking nightmare for Paddy. And they've got to be, the UFC have to be, because like they, like, they're clearly trying to make him a star. But, you know, you can't really make a star out of someone who wins a fight, you know, by a decision. And then you watch that fight and you're like, this it, how the fuck did Paddy win that fight? I've never seen someone get a decision by getting, you know, so many fucking left hooks connected to their fucking jaw. I've never seen that happen. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so it's a problem. It's a problem. And everyone knows, everyone's starting to see the flaws in this kid. From the moment when Paddy signed to the UFC, I watched some of his old fights and he was, look, he was decent. He wasn't terrible, but he was, he was fine, but... At no point did I ever look at Paddy thinking that's the dude who's going to be a UFC champion or that's the dude who's going to be a problem in the lightweight division. And then as his career has progressed in the UFC, you know, you look at him and you're like, dude, you can't you you can't keep winning fights by, you know, either fight, fighting unranked opponents or, you know, getting these, you know, fucking decisions handed to you because everyone thinks it's a robbery. And it is. A, he, his fight with Jared Gordon, him getting that win, was a fucking robbery. It was a fucking robbery. It was bullshit. Jared, Jared Gordon, like, the amount of strikes and counters 
He was, you know, doing on Paddy. It's like Jared Gordon won the fucking fight. Even the left hooks were enough for him to win the fight. And then Paddy's like, yeah, but, you know, lad, look at the amount of, like, you know, punches and the, you know, the jabs and the, you know, the, the, the strikes. I was, like, throwing at his face. It's like, yeah, okay, you were throwing him, but Jared Gordon was countering him or blocking him. You didn't really connect. So how do you win the fight through that when you just, you know... Whenever you were, you know, throwing strikes at fucking Jared Gordon, he just, you know, he counted them, and then, boom, left hook. Or every single time. It was the easiest fight for Jared Gordon. Easy. And then you look at that fight, and now fans are like, all right, well, that was bullshit. I'd love to see Paddy go up against a top 15. Like, okay, this is the worst case scenario for Paddy. He either fights to pour out, where he's going to get fucking murdered, or you put him with the top five. Okay, dude. Can you imagine? Could you fucking imagine if Paddy goes up against Michael Chandler, Benil Dariush, Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier, or Charles Oliveira? Or that? Can you? It would be hilarious, hilarious if he went up against for you know Islam Makhachev for a title fight. It's not that none of those fights, none of those, it's neither of none. All the names I just called out. They're all going to fucking end Paddy's career. He's not, they're not going to beat him. They're not just going to win. They're going to abolish Paddy's career. That's how bad Paddy would get fucked up. And I've said this from the start. Paddy Pimlet just gives me Darren Till vibes. Where like... oh, Because we're going to talk about Darren Till too, man. Because you do look at Darren Till and you're like, Dude, what the fuck are they going to do with him? Um. Anyway... Um, what was I saying? Yeah, he gives me Darren Till vibes where, like, Darren Till... I'll look up his record just to back up what I'm saying. Darren Till. Uh, here we go. Jesus Christ, that re... Oh, God. After that Tyron Woodley fight, he's not been having a good fucking career. Good Lord. All right. So, Darren Till was another scouser from Liverpool... Who, you know, everyone looked at him thinking, you know, the UFC, you know, everyone, the UFC was trying to make Darren Till a star. So, you know, who have we got? We're going to look at his UFC career, all right? Um, all right, Wendell De Oliveira, uh, cut from the UFC roster. Jesson Ayari, don't know. Bojan Vekalovic, I can't say his name. You know, you got Jesson and Bojan both being decisions. Donald Cerrone, TKO, um, well, you know, I love Cowboy Cerrone with all my heart, but I think we can all, you know, if you watch fucking MMA, I think we all know that, you know, Cowboy Cerrone in his recent years, you know, can't exactly take a punch that well anymore. And then you got Wonderboy, which was a decision, and you look at um that fight, and you watch it, and you're like, uh, did he really win that? Did he re? I mean, that's a, uh, that's, that's very debatable whether or not Teal won that fight, but... What happens next? Darren Till gets a title fight for the UFC Welterweight Championship against Tyron Woodley. Prime Tyron Woodley. Pre-Kamara Usman Tyron Woodley. And if you watch the UFC, I think we all know what Tyron Woodley was like in his prime. He was a fucking nightmare for anyone. That dude was such a good striker before he, you know... Kind of gave up after he lost to Kamara Usman. You know, God bless Tyron Woodley, but we kind of look at him now thinking he's a joke. But I, I like him. I like him. I'm not a fan of his personality, but I respect what he's done in his career. I think he's he's one of the greatest welterweights of all time. But, you know, after that loss to Tyron Woodley where he got submitted in the second round, um, Teal has not had a great career, you know? And I look at Paddy Pimblett and I look at it the same, being like, Okay, you've been fighting these unranked opponents, and as soon as you beat them, they get cut from the roster. And then, you know, you're getting a few decisions which are very questionable, um, particularly that Jared Gordon one where it's like, that's clearly a fucking robbery. That is absolute bullshit. No one in this, on this planet, even someone who doesn't even... I bet you anyone who's never watched MMA in their life and watches that fight would say, no, he did, Paddy Pimblett didn't win that fight. He did not win that fight, right? So, Paddy's giving me, you know... Darren Till vibes, where Darren Till was this, you know, star that the UFC was trying to make, and they were giving him all these easy fights, and then, you know, whenever he went up against tough opponents, you know, they, they managed to squeeze out a decision, you know, which we're clearly seen as robberies, 
And then, you know, there's going to be a day where they're going to fucking give Paddy Pimblett a, a championship fight, a, a title, um, a title fight. And, uh, dude, he's going to get fucked up. I can guarantee you he's going to get murdered. And then look at Darren Till's record now. Jorge Masvidal, I got knocked out. Kelvin Gastelum, split decision. But you watch that. You watch that fight, and you're like, did Till win that? Again, did Till win that? Very questionable. And then Whitaker, where he looked good. Till looked good against Robert Whitaker, but it's fucking Bobby Knuckles. Bobby Knuckles is just, you know, if it wasn't for Adesanya, Knuckles would be one of the greatest middleweights of all time. But and then Derek Brunson. Got choked out. And then Jerickus Duplessis. At, again, UFC 282. I'm talking about this card because it's fucking important. Because there was a lot of bullshit that happened that night. Um, so yeah, Paddy Pimblett. I'm not so I'm not feeling good about his career. Um people are gonna get people are getting over his shit. And then here's the other thing that okay, this is the last thing I'm gonna say about Paddy Pimblett. Then we're moving on. Holy shit, this has nearly been gone for an hour. Fucking hell. Um <clears throat> Okay. Recently, I'm not just reading out because I need to make sure I get all the dick. Ariel Hawani, God bless Ariel Hawani. I love him to bits. Padilla Pimbla, Ariel, Ariel, Ariel Hawani. Um. Okay, I'm just gonna give. I hope this doesn't get copyrighted. Fuck. All right. <clears throat> Here we go. This is a, a, do, a, a YouTube essay on what happened. To these two guys and to anyone else who talks about me. If you want to talk about me, tell the fucking truth. Because if you're going to lie like they did, I will come at you. Because as I said last year, if you come at the king, you best not fucking miss. Hey, what's going on here? If you look it up on Google, you'll quickly find Ariel Hawani's information-packed response video to Patty Pimlet and Dana White's podcast about him. Highly recommend you check it out. I'm paraphrasing here. But regardless, as I said, it's a response to this video. And even though it was posted first, when you look up their names on YouTube, Ariel beats them. Megan, you're exactly right. He's a piece of Yeah, he is. He's a maggot. They have an almost five-minute section dedicated to Ariel Hawani. And a lot of OG fans know about Dana and Ariel's relationship. You've never even asked questions first. You usually hang back and wait. Oh, you had to get that wow. one question. You knew what you wanted. God forbid. <laughs> Next, please. But what happened to these seemingly friends? Ariel has been putting on for Patty for years, and it seems like they've always had a great relationship. I know Patty and Dana have a great relationship, but why did Patty and Ariel's relationship sever? My Adam and idiots talk about fight to fight. You get paid every year. I hate all these journalists, especially the ones what Ian offers. Ariel Hawani in particular. But he loves earning money off fighters. You know yeah, what I mean? He hates on you, hates on the UFC, he even hates on me now. Yeah. And it proper annoys me. He uses fighters for clicks, uses fighters to make money, and then tries to have the audacity to talk about the UFC. Get your dog out, Ariel. You know what I mean? Start paying people for these interviews. Well, you make thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds on. And you're doing it for exposure. No, you're not. You're doing it to put money in your pocket, Ariel. You little rodent. Woo! So, alright. Essentially, from what you heard in that, Patty and Dana, they fucking hate Ariel Hawani, particularly Dana White, because, you know, Ariel is someone who's just a hard-hitting... He's a he's an incredible, incredible sports journalist. Um, and he always asks questions that no one else will really ask. And he's investigating into, you know, fight cards and fights that are coming up are fucking amazing... There's a long history there. Dana White doesn't like him because, you know, Errol Hawani just doesn't give a shit and he challenges. He used to challenge Dana White a lot at press conferences and then Errol Hawani was, you know, his media 
membership for press conferences was revoked, so he can't really be there at press conferences, thanks to Dana White. Um, so since Dana White is trying to build up Paddy, it's like Paddy is there with his boss just kissing his ass. He's, he, Paddy's a company... He's a company man. He's a loyal company man. Anyway, so Paddy's there, and he's like, you know, being like, he should pay me for these interviews, and it's like, dude... You, you, your stardom is not that high. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you got guys like Volkanovski or Adesanya, you know, doing, you know, you know, interviews with Hawani anytime, it just, like, and, th- and those guys are fucking superstars. They're, you know, they're champions, not Adesanya anymore, but Volkanovski is, they were, you know, they, they are in the, they are the top dogs. They're high paid, and but they go to Errol Hawani because they understand the exposure and they understand, you know, that he's a good journalist and they'll, you know, they'll, get covered well and they'll be asked good questions. But you, on the other hand, you look at Ariel Hawani and, you know, you're like, well, he should pay me. It's like, no, like he shouldn't fucking pay you at all. Like you should be thankful that he even wants to interview and interview you in the first place. Ariel Hawani is a man of the people. You are a company man. Do you understand why people are siding with Ariel Hawani? Okay? You're not one of us. You're not one of the fans. You're just a guy who's like kissing the boss's ass so you can, you know, get more decisions handed to you because you're not fucking that, you're not that good. Sorry. You know, I'll, I'll admit it, you'd probably fuck me up, but, you know, when when it comes to fighting ranked opponents, you'd get destroyed. And then you're out there being like to, to Errol Hawani, who was, you know, a, a revered, revered and, you know, loved journalist. You're out there trying to start beef with him. How do you think that's going to go? Anyway, Patty shit. I don't like him. He's, you know, he's just, I, I, I don't like someone who gets by on fame and they, 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 their skill set is average. It's not how you make a star. And then you see all these comparisons with him and Conor McGregor, right? This is the thing. Conor was, you can't compare the two. Dude. You know Connor, right? Like, yeah, he talks shit. Yeah, he was entertaining. Yeah, I guess you could say the same about Patty. He is entertaining. He does have the personality. But when it comes to skill set, they're fucking worlds apart. Dude, Connor cleaned out that entire featherweight division on, the, on his way to fight Jose Aldo. All right? You know what Dustin Poirier was ranked back in his featherweight days when, you know, Connor was going for the belt? He took out Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier was ranked number five at the time. Paddy Pimblett has been fighting unranked fighters. Do I really need to keep going here? And then you look at his fight with Jose Aldo. The, the, the guy at the time was number one, pound for pound of the best. He hadn't been beaten in 10 years. And Connor claimed him in fucking... I'm pretty sure it was 14 seconds or something insane like that. Right? So, you can't compare the two. And then, you know, Paddy's out there and he's like, if I fought McGregor, it'd be like, you know, the biggest pay-per-view in the world. It's like, one, no, it wouldn't. It'd be big, but it wouldn't be as big as you think. Secondly, I'm pretty sure Connor would fucking take you out within the first minute. Or, alright, that's being a bit generous. I'll be conservative here. He'd at least take you out in the first round. Alright, Connor's a fucking sniper. Alright, you are... Decent with your striking, but when it comes to you fighting someone like Conor fucking McGregor, no. It's not going to work out in your favor, brother. I'm telling you right now. Okay? God. Darren Till as well, man. Back to him. I mean, God. What are they going to do about him? I mean, because Drickus Duplessis, he's... (sighs) Again, when I watched that fight, at no point did I ever look at, you know, Drickus thinking like... Oh, that guy's that guy's gonna be a problem for the rest of the middleweight division. Like, I didn't see anything exciting or spectacular. I just saw Darren Till. I don't know what's really going on with him. I look at also I also I look at Darren Till and I'm like, how have you been training with someone like Hamzat Shemaev, who is a fucking revered champion in the world of wrestling? And then you train with him for a year, and then you fight someone like Drikas Two Play C, and you get submitted. How do you, how does that happen? Like, you know, it's just, it's sad to see. And then you look at someone like Drigas Duplessis, it's like, okay, you submitted Darren Till, but, dude, can you imagine that guy going up against any of the guys in the top five of the middleweight division at 185? 
Could you imagine Driggers play C going up against someone like Alex Pieta? Alex Pieta would just clean him up with a left hook in one round. Right? And everyone's like, Till's going to go back on it. You know, he's going to... He's going to clean up Drickus Duplessis and he's going to go up for that title shot again. And it's like, no, 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 no fucking way. Absolutely not. Guys, I'm telling you right now, that's never going to happen. No way. So you look at Darren Till and I hate kicking a man when he's down. But you look at someone like Darren Till and it's almost like, um, it's not even almost. It, it is essentially, you just look at him and you say, look, um... Okay, this was something you ha- you had to win this fight. If you didn't win this fight, then it's kind of time to pack it up and walk. Do you know what I mean? If you, you look at Darren Till and it's like, dude, you're always pulling out of fights because you're injured, and then you, whenever you fight someone like Drickers Two Play C, who's not that special, who's not going to do well in like the top five, even the top ten, you know. Dude, at some point, you really got to look at yourself thinking, maybe this just isn't for me. And I'm not saying I'm coming at this from all due respect. I'm more looking at it thinking, you know, where where is your career going to go now? Because I don't know who Darren Till can fight next. He could fight someone unranked, but it's like, do you, don't you want a title shot? And then you go onto Darren Till's Instagram and he's like talking about, you know, um, I'm I'm young and I'm 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 sharp and I'm gonna get back on the horse and it's like, dude, you've had it like you've had nearly like over a year to get back on the horse. You train with Hamzat Shemaev. I don't know what else you can do. It's sad and I hate having this conversation, but oh, buddy, you got it. You you, you had your chance here. You really did, especially against someone who's not even that. Special, Like, he's good, but he's not good enough to fight anyone in the top five. Like, I look at Drickers, do play C. It's like, even someone against, like, a Robert Whitaker. I'm sure, I'm pretty sure Whitaker would fucking cook him. He'd grapple the shit out of him, and he'd fuck him up. Drickers, do play C. Like, I'm not even sure if he's wrestling that top tier, you know? Anyway. Um... It's the last thing I'm going to say about MMA, but, dude, if there's one fight I want to see in the middleweight division, it's Hamzat and Alex Pieta. It has, look, I know Hamzat has not done enough at 185 to earn a, to earn a title shot yet, but, dude, dude, could you imagine that? Because if Adesanya doesn't get it in their rematch, then it's going to be Bobby Knuckles probably, and I, I'm favoring Knuckles, Bobby Knuckles in that fight. But, dude, dude, that fucking fight between Pieta and Hamzat Shemayev would be so fucking good. It would be so good. Because Pieta's just this, he's so terrifying. He's so scary. He doesn't try to be terrifying or scary. You just look at him. Even just like, okay, if you're listening to this right now, if you're still listening to this and you haven't clicked off yet because I've been talking absolute horseshit for an hour, dude. You have to go and, like, watch Alex... Just Google image Alex Pieta. Google image him and try to tell me that's not the scariest motherfucker you've ever seen in your life. Okay? And then you've got Hamzat, who is this absolute Chechnyan psycho, who just... You know you know what's a crazy statistic about him? You know there's only been four strikes... There were only four strikes landed on him in his first three or four fights... So in his entire before he fought um, Gilbert Burns, where that was a, an amazing fight, where I'm, I leaned towards Gilbert for that fight when it came to this decision, but it was given to Hamzat, very close. Um, but dude, in Hamzat's first four UFC fights, out of the, in those entire four fights, only four strikes were landed on him. Four fucking strikes. We're talking punches and kicks. Only four. Because you know what Hamzat did? He either knocked him the fuck out or he choked him out in the first round. And then you got Alex Pieta, who has that deadly left hook, who is an amazing kick, like just a technically astounding kickboxer. He's, his left hooks, his kicks, the way he checks kicks, the way he lands those calf kicks, he's fucking insanely good. Insanely good. You know? Um, and they're both terrifying in their own right. 
Though I know Hamzat needs to do a bit more at middleweight to earn a title shot. If he takes out Polo Costa, then I would say give him a title shot. But dude, those two, because you just, I, I can just picture it. Fucking Alex Pieta would just be there on the, in the red corner, just standing there looking like Stonehenge, just staring at Hamzat, just, just with that, with these terrifying huge frame, with these fucking fists which are the size of my head, just standing there ready to go. And he, and then you've got Hamzat just in the blue corner walking around screaming, going, ah, I kill you every day, like just screaming. And it's like, dude, you've got an amazing striker going up against an amazing wrestler. Holy fuck. Oh my God. Dude, I'm praying to God. I will die happy if that fight fucking happens. I know it's probably going to be Bobby Knuckles who goes up next for a title shot against Pieta, but bro, please make that Hamzat and that fucking... Alex Pieta fight happen. Oh, God. Oh, what a fight that would be. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, oh, I'm just getting excited thinking about it. Anyway, I've been going on for fucking ages here. How long? How long have I been going on for? Yeah, I've been going on for nearly an hour. Wow. All right. Well, look, it's time to wrap this one up. Um, This one was off the cuff, but it was a lot of fun. I had a great time doing this one. It was fucking awesome. Thank you for listening. If you're not a subscriber yet, please subscribe. Uh, share this with your friends. You know, if they need a podcast to listen to, share this with them. You know, if they if they like if they they're into things that are you know uh, interesting about the world and politics or even cultural stuff or you know anything. You know, there's a variety to this show, so share it with them. If you enjoyed this, make sure you know you subscribe. Uh, we come out every week with a new episode. Make sure you listen. Uh, but until then, I will see you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening. I love you all. I love your company. Stay safe out there. Keep it real. And don't let any of those fucking clowns around town bring you down. That's an old saying. Anyway, all right. Peace out, bitches.